thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Discipleship Practices podcast for the summer at Crossroads. All we're trying to do on this is just take whatever whatever practice that was laid out on Sunday um, and think about it a little bit more practically and take it a little further. And that's really what we just hope ha- happens in general. As somebody that speaks at church regularly, it's just you're on to the next thing so fast and it's hard to just let it marinate and soak it, sink in. Um, and so I acknowledge that. But anyways, I just... We got to find little ways to think a little bit more about this stuff or else we're just going to live our lives and look back and be like, I, I heard 7,000 sermons. <laughs> I just did whatever I wanted to do. It just takes a little intentionality. So here we are. I'm Dan Mike, and I'm sitting with my good friend, Steve Grafune. How's it going, Steve? I'm doing well. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> um, so the practice that Rod went through last week on Father's Day was... The word, the word of God and what role the Bible plays in our lives. And it's something that takes intentionality. Uh, but it all, also is something that can ha- lead to uh, a lot of different weird dysfunctional practices as well. Yeah. Um, I think for me growing up, the Bible was something that I was kind of asked to memorize like a lot of verses about, you know. And Same. I had this one moment where... I think there was like two big aha moments, but I don't know if I'll get to both of them. But one of them was like that the Bible was more than just a bunch of verses Uh one after the other. And you had to find those verses, but that each book of the Bible had a story that it it was Uh telling. I never in my life, I don't know why, I knew there were stories in the Bible, but one kind of uh, point that I can make on that is like, I remember the first time as an adult Like somebody said, all right, I'm going to read a prayer that Jesus prayed. And I was like, we have a prayer that Jesus prayed in the Bible. (laughs) I don't know why I never thought that there's actual narrative behind this. It's so dumb even saying that. But like, it just sent me on a trajectory in that moment of like, I want to know everything about the story or the broader story of how God is uh, okay with it with using his authority in my life through these stories and through this, uh, this book. And yeah, I could say a ton more about that, but what was the Bible for you growing up, Steve? And did you have a moment where you switched from duty to joy or? Hmm. That's a good question. No, I mean, the Bible to me was just part of the day to day aspect of life. I think, you know, Christian schools all the way up through, um, Bible was read at dinner time. Bible was read sometimes on other Sundays as an aspect of meal times and um, I think stories at night before you went to bed. So definitely incorporated into much of my life, you know. But just like a lot of my earlier years, I'm not sure how much traction it had other than flanographs and, um, <laughs> you know, other kinds of uh, biblical storylines. So I, I, uh, there's a bit of a transformation for me when it came to the Bible reading. I think I can remember like a couple of points. One, back in, I think it was 2009, 2008, somewhere back there, Crossroads kind of discuss the possibility of um, starting some daily readings and um, 
as a result of that, made a recommendation that we would all follow a daily reading log and um, traverse your way through the Bible. And I participated in that because my rabbi asked me to (laughs) from up front. And I've found that to be something I was interested in doing and couldn't say that I'd ever done that. Um, So definitely maybe rightly or wrongly wanted to check that box. What was it like? Um, it was just a, a daily. Know, but was it arduous or just oh, uh, exciting? For me, or? no. It's it's like um, here's a little roadmap. Go do it. I, I like maps. I like following things. Um, I like learning, and um, I found that process to be very beneficial for me. It was very encouraging, and probably began to wrap my mind around around something you were mentioning a little bit earlier, which is, you know, this is not just some random splash to gather, you know, grouping of thoughts or books or chapters or um storylines you know there is a it is a global storyline you know from soup to nuts um from the beginning to the end and um i would say then the second point that probably you know registered that with me a little more clearly was libby at some event maybe it was just up front on some sunday morning um talking about the Jesus storybook, you know, as being something that was really beneficial for her walk. And um, I think the, at the time, the children's storybook that we were using was not quite as thorough and not quite as um, able to kind of focus your attention on where you were in the story as opposed to just another story. And so we kind of, purchased one of those and I read through that. And um, I think those two things have kind of kind of ignited a, an interest in just the, that aspect of my daily walk with God or what I try to make a daily walk with God. I'm certainly not achieving that on a daily basis. But those things brought the Bible back into play um, for me in a way that uh, it had not been and therefore kind of brought some things together in ways for me that I had not really been able to see and therefore probably not able to communicate. Let me check that. Not able to communicate when it come to reflecting on the gospel in my own life plus sharing and communicating it. So those are at least two things that I would say, Dan, that have kind of played an influence in that walk for me along with a couple other ones I can get into at some point. But. So... And now it's just sort of become a part of your rhythm. Well, like you said, was that 13 years ago? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's more now like this is just a, it, how does it feel now? Does it feel like duty or does it feel like? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Talk to me about that. Yeah. Is that okay? I mean. I, I think so because there are times where duty gets me going. You know, duty gets my my feet moving in the right direction, um, gets my mind going in the right direction. It's certainly not the the sole contribution, but I'd be lying if I said that it didn't play somewhat of a role in my participation in that aspect of my walk. So, um, but then there's also just the you know what you get from it, what I get from that, what revelation it kind of creates for me in the moment and or, you know, just praying that God will lead my reading and lead my thoughts on on what I'm reading and lead my footsteps towards, you know, whatever he's got in store for me that day or tomorrow or depending on what I'm doing my reading. I found that to be very helpful. 
I think that's probably a little bit as to why Rod chose to use the word for like meditate as mm-hmm. a part of his like processing like the what is the Bible mm-hmm. as a group because I don't know, we live in a time where people don't want to work hard at something that's not like naturally beneficial in the moment or whatever. Like, I don't know how to describe that on the mm-hmm. cu- off the cuff, but it's like, um, I think maybe we have like a, a time where people feel like it's better to focus on the things that feel naturally beneficial. And it's, and it's a, almost a, a betrayal of your, um, I don't know your faithful life to do something that's hard. That's do something that's like that you have to just do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've seen that in my life where it's like, well, if I don't, if I don't want to do it, then me just doing it is doing it for the wrong reasons. Like God, He wants me to want to do something mm-hmm. first or whatever. But then I don't know. The reality is, a you may never do the thing that He wants you to do, and the rest, of, the end of your life, <laughs> the word that's resting upon your. Uh, life story was no. That's what you said to God your entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. when, you, when that's not what you want. And number two, the reality is we are going to be, this is what I think was genius about Rod's discernment about focusing on meditate because there's stuff, there's stuff that's going to be meditated on. Mm-hmm. You're going to have things being put in your brain and through your eyes, into your brain and into your heart, no matter what. There's no, that's not an option. We are ponderers. Wherever you are, you're going to be looking at something and thinking about something and being formed by something. Mm -hmm. And so as we're talking about spiritual formation, like we're going to have to like get it into our Mm -hmm. brains that God wants to form us through his word. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have to commit to that and just Mm -hmm. say, I am going to be meditating on this and I'm not going, I'm going to fight against any type of like, Mm feeling that says if I don't want to do it it's bad or feeling like if it's not this was this was another one that I think is worth bringing up if the verse that I'm just reading right now isn't one of those like preach it verses is it worth my mind you know like I I had I had a bible that I used to highlight and underline and then I had another one, but then I wanted people to see it. Like if I was at church and I would hope that the passage would be on something that I had a lot of markings on because then like the person next to be like, whoa, that guy's that really is into it. it. <laughs> but it, in if it. it's in a, a portion of the Bible where there's no markings, it's, you know, you feel kind of naked, like, oh, somebody's going to see that I didn't like really dig into this. But I ended up what happening too is, is if I was reading it, I would see out of the corner of my eye that I have an underline coming up in like a couple paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And that means to me, I am in unimportant space here until I get to that important space. And it would almost be counter, counterproductive mm-hmm. until I, I had this moment where I was thinking like, if I washed up on a desert island and I just had like one or two verses out mm-hmm. of anywhere, like would God be able to like still use that in my life? And would he still want me to meditate on it? Would he, would it be a part of, my life or would I just say, Oh shoot, those are two pages where there's no underlines and God couldn't meet me with those or whatever, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, and so then I started to think, you know what, I'm just going to take it. Cause I'm more of a slow reader than a fast reader. Mm-hmm. Um, if I just take it one step at a time and just see how it's deep, I can sink in mm-hmm. to like one line here mm-hmm. and, and then, 
honestly, that ends up helps my retention even more to like just stay in one one verse until I can move on. Um, that has really helped me just to, to value all of them more, all the verses, not just the ones that I used to would underline or whatever. But um, and so reading it and meditating i mean reading it is good right yeah. but like anybody can read but when i meditate i'm also being vulnerable and like opening up my heart and mind to say like right. shape me challenge me right um so that i don't forget what i look like after i walk away from the mirror right right i'm definitely i'm definitely i, I live in all of those places you know there's definitely times where i'm reading just to read, you know, right. there's other times where I might even be skimming depending on which book of the Bible we're talking about here. It's not hard to skate through a couple of them in the old, Psalms, in yeah. the old Testament, <laughs> not hard to skate through some numbers and, you know, reflections um, that don't, don't feel overly applicable at the time. But sure. I do try to force myself to do more than read. I think um, that's been brought home a little bit for a couple of other reasons. One was you've been to Israel with yeah. Rod um, and um, certainly walking and seeing. I don't always like saying that out loud. I don't always love the idea that I needed to be there to to really flesh out God's word, you know, in not only my perspective and my understanding, but my day-to-day -day walk. I don't love that. I feel a little bit like Thomas. I got to like really stick my finger in there, but... Yeah, I do it, also find that it, it has been massively helpful as far as just having a visual, a visual yeah. as visual as I am, as most of us are, that are able to have visuals. Um, it's an impactful piece, and that has been helpful. And then kind of when the world was really starting to go on its ear in more notably obnoxious ways for me back in 2020, you know, when things really started to get on their skates, from a health standpoint, a political standpoint, uh, just the manner in which people were expressing their perspectives and ideas. Um, I decided to start writing down something every week, you know, that I felt like God spoke wow. to me about okay. and um, thought maybe that's one way I can at least position myself. But also I started sending it to my kids every Saturday morning as far as just something that I had read about um, in the in the readings that I had and I put down the readings for the next week just in case one of them decided to play along and, and read along we would have some conversation points if that ever came about um, but otherwise just an encouragement for them to like pull your mind and brain and soul out of what's being downloaded yeah. um, from a variety of different sources and you know we do have a source that you know permeates all of time and permeates all of circumstance and whatever stresses or anxieties we're experiencing at the time and so kind of tried to use that as uh, my that being my reading as something that was no longer in a silo you know for myself and maybe something that could benefit not that my thoughts would benefit my kids, but it would just give them something to maybe think about or anchor into or maybe move them a little bit further in. And for sure. Ended up doing that with the elder board for last year, a couple of years, and I was on there. Just kind of the same thing. I wasn't doing anything extra. I was just tagging that along as an encouragement to just keep our feet in the word and our feet moving forward and our feet anchored in the places that no matter what 
dialogues we were trying to have or which situations we were trying to hear God on or which steps we were trying to take in the spirit that, you know, just maybe just keeping ourselves anchored. And if you choose to just play along with, you know, the list that I'm still doing that we started in 2009 is just an anchor point. And so, I don't know, I think Israel and just kind of putting, putting my feet to the road a little bit from taking things from thought and experience that I'm having and kind of putting them down, um, was I think helped me garner even a bit more out of the word. I think. I'm I still- mean, that was. I had that moment where I saw some pictures in the back of my Bible. I was like 19, maybe 17 or 18, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What are these places?" Mm-hmm. And one of them was the place on Indiana Jones that mm-hmm. Petra, mm-hmm. you know. And I asked yep. my dad, "I'm like, what are these places?" He's like, well, you could go to mm-hmm. see the place. I I had thought it was so far in the distant past right that there was nothing recognizable about that places that i was used to sort of cartoon interactions with or whatever flame Mm -hmm. like you said (laughs) and like i was so shocked that you could go to a place that honestly kind of resembles in a lot of ways like the way it used to be i mean Mm -hmm. it's an ancient feeling Mm -hmm. place and so Mm -hmm. i thought that was so funny like you could actually go there mm-hmm. <laughs> and no. like no, I agree. read the Bible in Jerusalem or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and like, yeah. And so I agree with you. That does really help get a little bit of color, sound, smell. I mean, right. like emotion back into this book that could in some frame frameworks or some traditions feel like a dictionary. Um, based mainly because of the way it's set up mm-hmm. like which is every line is a verse you know mm-hmm. and, and like it for, it's fragmented with the paragraph and chapter headings and all that stuff oh, that's a good point uh, but but yeah to start going into once i went to israel and i studied there with my wife in like 2012 2012 i was wondering we, when i was i i started to think in terms of literary mm-hmm. features and mm-hmm. so starting to read the bible in a mm-hmm. way of like this this book is a work of literature it just felt different yeah, and I read this guy named Robert Alter, who is um, a scholar on Masoretic Hebrew from Berkeley, and he he has a really f- interesting kind of critique of Christian seminaries where mm-hmm. he was like, why is it that we look at these Hebrew manuscripts that mm-hmm. is literally the greatest writing of that culture of mm-hmm. all time, but then we don't train the people who translate it with the greatest writing of our time and like because i want to see seminarians reading whitman and reading like Mm -hmm. good actual like english stuff so that when Mm -hmm. they kind of compare and contrast like what they see it's not just parsing out verbs and like just words Mm -hmm. translating it's like you're trying to gain the full force of what this person's writing and like communicating i mean just an easy example is there's a lot of acrostic poetry in the old testament where each line starts with a different letter of the alphabet all the way from a to z right and i've never seen like an english (laughs) version of that other Mm -hmm. than just maybe psalm 119 you can kind of see it set up that way but like each of those chunks i believe in psalm 119 every line starts with that same letter a a a a a a b b b b b or whatever and so 
the amount of effort that's gone into this literature. I was just like, I can't just sit here and flip and point and just you, you know, use a right. verse to just be my like right. one thing that I get to just I want to like be welcomed into this like big work of art, creativity, the story that God is blessing and being mm-hmm. like, that's it. That's my word. Mm-hmm. I want you to like, let that form you and shape mm-hmm. you. And so mm-hmm. my encouragement to whoever's listening to this is like, be excited about it and, um, or not, ex- not force yourself to be excited, but like have eyes wide open when you, when you enter into the scriptures let them affect you and form you and shape your your mind. And, you, and people have been doing that for thousands of years. And so you wouldn't be the only person doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a way to help you discern through dark times, like Steve has been saying. Um, the, the Psalms say, the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And mm-hmm. let it be that. Uh, let it challenge you and let it start to challenge ways that your brain is processing through this world and through all the challenges and temptations that we're faced with. And just remember, God is not looking for a perfect disciple. He's looking for a faithful disciple. And so whether what faithful looks like for you might be just trying right now to just whittle away at some of the stuff that you're following and uh, re, revert or no, um, and shift towards following Jesus. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. a big part of that's going to be through maybe you should read his words and uh, <laughs> and let them affect you and, and challenge you. And so please pray for that, huh? True discipleship practice yeah. for the week. Uh, maybe for some of you for the whole summer or, or for Steve, 13 years. Uh, <laughs> so really excited to see where this goes, everybody. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Yeah.